The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Be it superstition or just an apparition, you suddenly appear inside my heart. Does this strange romance stand? Welcome to From the Bleachers on the wonderful Bleeding Green Nation Radio Podcast Network. I am your host, as always, Seamus Clancy, coming to you from South Philadelphia. And I'm recording this on Monday evening. So now before I get into yesterday afternoon's debacle against the Seattle Seahawks, I did want to talk about a take I had on last week's podcast. After the Eagles-Patriots games, I was infuriated with the way the Eagles receivers played as most Eagles fans were, but particularly Nelson Aguilar and his inability to track the ball in that final play of the game. Well, final play of the Eagles' last drive, uh, fourth and 10, where Carson Wentz, with all the rush in his face, threw a beautiful ball to the back of the end zone, and Nelly just really isn't great at tracking deep balls, and he kind of lost it and fell and didn't make the catch in the Eagles' loss. So, like a lot of Eagles fans, again, I was on Nelly for messing up that play. He's messed up a lot of plays this year. He's really not good at tracking deep balls. It's not a strength of his game where he's, for being essentially now the fastest guy on the team, he needs to be a little bit better at that. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. In that podcast, I decreed Nelson for what I claimed to be faking an injury, where it seemed that after that play, he grabbed his knee, and it just seemed like one of those things, ah, I missed that pass and grabbed my knee. He ended up walking off the field. Everything seemed fine. Now, I'm not the only Eagles fan who had that thought, certainly, but I'm the one who put it out there on a public platform, a platform as big as Bleeding Green Nation Radio. Obviously, Nelson was actually hurt. Didn't play in this past Sunday's game. Looks like he'll play next Sunday in Miami, but it's obviously a real injury, and I did want to apologize to Nelson for that take. I'm not apologizing or taking anything back I've ever said about his play on the field, but the act of him, what I claim to be faking an injury, was incorrect, and for that, I apologize. Anyway, so I went to yesterday's game. I didn't go to the Eagles-Patriots game. I was in Florida for a wedding. I watched the game on my phone like a crazy person the entire game. So I go to the game. I really didn't dress appropriately for the weather. Now, I live in South Philly, so I go down there, take a quick Uber down to the stadium. I tailgate in the judge for a lot. It was like a $7 Uber. Not a big deal. Go down there. I got you know some wind pants on. They'll be a little water resistant. I'm really preparing for the rain more so than the cold. Got a you know a long sleeve Under Armour. Like, it's Nike, but it's like an Under Armour shirt, long sleeve. You know, a little hoodie and a McNabb jersey. Now you're thinking, why are you wearing a Donovan McNabb jersey in 2019? The last Eagles quarterback to actually beat the Seattle Seahawks is Donovan McNabb. So I haven't really worn that McNabb jersey in years. It's a black one with some midnight green trimming. I just kind of want to mix up the mojo because nothing I'm doing is working. I've worn 
My Reggie White Mitchell Nash jersey a couple times this year. Nothing. Alshon Jeffrey Black jersey that a you know a loyal subscriber of my newsletter ended up gifting to me. Nothing's working. My Dawkins, my favorite jersey of all time, a jersey I had for what now? 17 years. Had it since 2002. I was eight years old when I got the jersey. Now I'm 25, still wearing it like a nut. That's not working. What else do I got? Jerome Brown, bringing home for Jerome. They're not bringing anything home for Jerome right now. So I've just mixed up the mojo. And I had this Eagles poncho. Like it's, you know, they saw those cheapo ponchos down. You know, people walking around the parking lot saw them before the game. I've seen a guy in the Eagles stadium back in 2012 when they went 4-12. and 12. So that season was going nowhere. So get away with a little bit more in the stands. Not everyone's showing up to the game. There's a guy walking around in the game selling, I don't want to say illegally because that sounds too harsh, but just a guy un- unauthorized selling ponchos walking in the stadium. That was hilarious. But this was an official one I bought from the Eagles. I got, I got a little uh, bucket hat on, you know, keep the water out of my eyes. I'm usually pretty anal about checking the weather and very meticulous about that, but I just assumed it was going to be more rainy than cold. Within an hour of that tailgate, I knew I could not go into that game dressed that way. So I had either two options, either go into the stadium, buy like a $150 starter hat, jacket and a knit hat, or I spend 30 minutes Ubering home and back, pay like 20 bucks and get changed. Now, I really, really wanted to go in and buy a new Eagles starter jacket and just have an excuse. Oh, I bought a new Eagles jacket, babe. Sorry, actually, I had to buy a new jacket. Uh, we can't pay for the electric bill now. And I went up and changed, put on like a big pea coat, got a nice little Carhartt Eagles knit hat, uh, you know, came back ready to go. I was warm, still really cold inside the stadium. I'm shivering a little bit. Had a had a scarf that said Wensylvania. I bought it back in Wentz's rookie year, wrapped around my face. So I looked like Kenny from South Park. I had gloves on that said Wentz on them, like Wentz number 11, official stuff. This isn't some stuff I bought on Etsy or random website or outside the stadium. I am Carson Wentz and Donovan McNabbed out. And when I'm wearing those clothes, the only possible result is what I would consider right now the worst game of Carson Wentz's career. Now, as we'll get into and as people will say, well, that's not obviously on him. I would recommend Dan Orzlovsky. I'm hoping that I'm pronouncing that correctly. He was a former quarterback with the Lions and some other teams around the NFL. He's been tweeting out some videos breaking down once his and the Eagles play offensively from yesterday on Twitter throughout the day to today's Monday. I'm re- recording this. And a lot of it's on the receivers and, you know, Ortega Whiteside for a guy who might grow and Carson Walsh are building up in practice as these this guy who's like, oh, he's he knows where he's lining up. He knows how to run routes. First of all, if you're in an NFL, now, again, like I'm not some real athlete or anything, you can probably run. I, I bet I could run like a 4.8 or 4.9 if you gave me like three weeks to get ready for it. So I'm not really fast at all. He doesn't know what he's doing. If you look at those videos Dan tweeted out, he's just like moving away from the ball when he's kind of sitting on a button hook. He's taking an extra yard or two each way. He's just not a precise route runner. And now that wasn't really ever his game at Stanford. He's a guy who just won on jump balls and didn't really do he seems like he's not doing well i saw michael k and i think believe benjamin solak talking about this the wonderful benjamin solak check him out on the kissed and solak show obviously and talking about how you know ortega whiteside he's not really good at getting away from contact he's struggling with press coverage and that seems like something all rookie wide receivers would struggle with but as someone who's built as this physical player this high floor player even though i'll bet he might have a low ceiling I think that's something he should be able to do. I think he should be able to run an NFL route. Again, can I run an NFL route? No. But at the same time, this is his job. This is what he's supposed to do. This is why he's out there. This is why the Eagles drafted him in the second round. Because they assumed, incorrectly, Howie Roseman assumed, that this guy could run a route in the NFL. 
but he can line up correctly. Hats off to that because no he used to not be able to line up correctly. Nelson Aguilar back in 2015-2016. Again, coincidentally, in 2016 against Seattle. If you guys remember that play, it was like a wheel route of screen or something to Darren Sproles. It would have been the Eagles go-ahead touchdown in this really tough road game against Seattle. Aguilar lined up incorrectly, illegal formation or something, and the touchdown got called back. The Eagles obviously lost. The season went out of control. So I think a white side, great job lining up. Congrats on playing CYO football. Congrats on playing a two-hand touch, rough touch at DV on 18th and Johnson. Congrats. And maybe next time, this offseason, I would look on how to maybe run a route. You know, you already got lining up down pretty well. Don't worry about catching the ball yet. That's way down the line. You don't want to get too adventurous. You don't want to get too crazy. Don't worry about catching the ball right now. Just learn how to run the route. Because I think if you start running the route well, the way you're supposed to, the way the play is designed, eventually you might catch the football. Who would have thought an Eagles receiver catching the football? What was the stat I saw today? The Eagles haven't had, the Eagles in Washington haven't had a receiver catch a touchdown since week six. And that was Alshon Jeffrey in the third quarter against the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. That feels like a lifetime ago. I feel like that was. Four or five months ago, and it's not a lifetime ago, but really, I think it happened again three, four, five months ago. It feels like it happened. I did check today one of the uh, articles we had up on BGN, the wonderful Bleeding Green Nation radio, uh, bleedinggreennation.com. You could check it out. It was from the preseason. We did a list of every BGN writer did like, what's your bold prediction for this year? And mine was that Dallas Goddard was going to lead the team in touchdown catches. And actually, right now, he has four and leads the team. And somehow at the same time, it's still an ultimately disappointing season from him. It seems like he might be trying a little too hard. And I'm not just saying this because I like him. I don't want this to come off. My, I don't want my criticism of Goddard to come off softer than the way I've been criticizing Ortega Whiteside and Alshon Aguilar because I actually like him a lot as a player. You know, someone I was really high on after the Eagles draft. And someone I think is, you know, a top 10 NFL talent in term, at, at the tight end position. Someone who could really be who I thought going this year was literally going to be a top five tight end after the Ertzes and Kittles and Kelseys of the world. But he hasn't really done that. The ball security is a huge issue. And I think that's something you should never worry about with a wide receiver. Maybe sometimes with running backs, or he's a tight end, that even that's even worse. You think about ball security. A tight end is a safety valve for the quarterback. And obviously in the modern NFL, the way offenses have evolved, it's not necessarily like that. Tight ends are used as wide receivers. Goddard's playing down the field a lot in the seam. It's not like he's doing these little five and outs that you're running for Tony Gonzalez when you're playing man in 2003 and just the most unstoppable play over and over again. But the ball security, it's just weird. He has untimely drops, which is again, a theme of this entire Eagles offense this season. And the ball security has a couple fumbles and it's weird. You're Dude, you're gigantic. You're a physical freak. What are you dropping the ball for? Who's hitting you like that? Come on, dude. I think you're going to be one of the best tight ends in the NFL. And this is your second year. And again, you somehow lead this team which sucks. The team sucks. The team sucks. We'll get more into that, but the team sucks. You're leading them in touchdown catches, but at the same time, you're having a pretty disappointing season. It sucks. So I wanted Goddard to be that guy this year. I wanted this 12 personnel to be this, I'm not going to call it, you know, revolutionary, but I want this to be, the Eagles ran 12 personnel this year. The Eagles were going to be defined by 12 personnel. They were going to jam it down team's throats, running the ball because Goddard's essentially an extra tackle you have out there in the running game. I wanted to have Alshon on the outside. I wanted Deshaun on the outside, take the top off the field, have Ertz, Goddard, Alshon work in the intermediate routes. And then on third down, 
have Miles Sanders out there for some, you know, as a weapon out of the backfield. You have Jordan Howard out there on early downs. The Eagles offense should have been a top five offense in the league in my mind. And look where we are. Is it all Deshaun? Is it all Deshaun? I don't know. But for one half, it looked like the Eagles had one of the best offenses in the NFL. And it just so happened to be the one half of football that Deshaun Jackson played well in this season. Again, I'm not saying Deshaun Jackson is the most valuable player in NFL history, but it seems that the Eagles offense, Doug Peterson's offense specifically, does not work without a deep threat. And even if it's someone who seems as replaceable, I'm, I'm saying replaceable on the field. I'm not saying he's a replaceable person or replaceable person in the locker room. But Torrey Smith, even a guy who seemed kind of average, who obviously had his big moments in the 2017 season in the playoff run in the Super Bowl, I mean, he wasn't Deshaun Jackson. He was just a guy. And just having someone like that out there made a huge difference. And you see last year, you don't have Mike Wallace out there, that they suffered immediately. So again, I'm, I'm hammering on these points I've been saying every week on the podcast that the receivers suck. But I'm going to get back to the game. That's one of the worst games I've ever seen in person. I've had Eagles season tickets. Not super duper long. They're not something that's, it's not like this fair family heirloom that's been passed down. My great, great grandfather was going to the games at Franklin Field or whatever. The Baker Bowl. I don't think the Eagles ever played there. The Phillies did. I've only had them since 2012. So I was a freshman in college when I first year I had Eagles season tickets be my dad. Which is literally the perfect age to start tailgating and drinking and being a nut. And hanging out with your father and doing nitwit stuff. Loving the birds. I've seen some unbelievable games there. I've seen the entire 2017 playoff run that uh, I'll never forget that Minnesota game. Obviously, that's all I talk about. 38-7. Almost two years later, but just the most magical sporting event I've ever seen live. And I'm someone who was at uh, 2008 World Series Game 5. And that still just tops everything. But I've seen a lot of bad Eagles games. So I do this little newsletter. Uh, I just mentioned it a little bit ago. Uh, on patreon.com backslash Seamus underscore Clancy. Paid two bucks per month. I get I send out a newsletter every day, Monday through Friday. It's like a thousand words or so. I write mostly about the Eagles or Sixers, then do a little bit of pop culture writing on Watchmen or any other TV shows or local Philly bands I like. But today I was talking about my Mount Rushmore of Eagles games that I've seen live. The worst of like the worst Eagles games. My Mount Rushmore of terrible Eagles games I've seen live. And yesterday is already on there. Yesterday's on there. The weather was terrible. I was there with my girlfriend, Ashley. She took my dad's ticket. And I'm shivering in the stands. We both have scarves wrapped around our faces. We're tired. It's a little rainy. It's so windy. It's the windiest that stadium's ever been. It's not the most rainy it's ever been. It's not the coldest it had ever been. But it was the most windy I've ever seen the game. And that was acknowledged too by a guy who sits next to me who's had tickets since veteran stadium he said this is the windiest game what he he asked me what year did the link open i said 2003 he says this is the windiest game i've ever seen at the link so i don't even know if they were going to really be able to kick but the eagles didn't have to worry about kicking much because the offense was just that bad they were gifted great field position after great field position and you know what just the offense doesn't work the offense doesn't work without a, a deep threat the offense doesn't work when you don't have any capable receivers out there greg ward greg ward is he the new uh Hank Basket, he might be better than Nelson Aguilar right now. I like that the uh, they cut Jordan Matthews. Nothing against J Matt, but right now they need some help out there. And I think Greg Ward has some juice. No one on this team has juice right now. I always say juice. That's a Bo Wolf word for those of you listening to the Birds with Friend podcast. But the only player out there with any juice yesterday was well, the defense played well. We'll get some more stuff about the defense. Craig Ward looked okay offensively, and maybe he's getting a role now, and we'll see if he can 
you know, do anything meaningful. They're playing the Miami Dolphins this week. If you can't get going against the Dolphins, this offense can't do anything against them. Well, guess what? The season's over. The season's probably already over. They need to win five in a row. It's somehow realistic, though, because they're playing four cupcake teams. It's just so confusing. I don't know what to make this team. I'm all over the place. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. One thing that kind of pissed me off a little bit yesterday, and I want to preface by saying I love, love group celebrations in the NFL. I love them. I thought that was one of those mojo things with the 2017 Eagles. They had all of those choreographed group celebrations for touchdowns. The defense did the electric slide on the field against the 49ers, I believe. That was a 49ers game. And I think that was just one of the best things ever. It just, this team had so much swagger. They knew they were good. They knew they were better than the other team. And they were going to tell you about it. They were going to show it. They were going to dance on the field while you're still sitting there sulking because you just got your butt whooped by this team. Whether it was the Torrey Smith, like Sandlot baseball, touchdown celebration, again, the electric slide. Like that's like, to me, Super Bowl Shuffle 2.0 it was just amazing. I wanted to say some words that I shouldn't say, so I'm not going to say them. Anyway, so the Eagles are down 17-3 in the, the fourth quarter yesterday and defense forces a turnover and then they like ran into the end zone and celebrated and like guys like this team is really embarrassing right now and credit to Jim Schwartz who I've been critical in the past he's coached back-to-back masterpieces against two Hall of Fame quarterbacks Tom Brady who's obviously greatest quarterback of all time and Russell Wilson who's someone that will be a first ballot Hall of Famer one day the guy I would give the league MVP award to right now even after this past game Jim Schwartz held both of those guys to 17 points and despite that, the offense obviously didn't do their part, scoring 10 and 9 respectively. I don't even give them a 9 from this week. That was garbage time. Garbage touchdown and garbage time. They really scored 3 points this week. They didn't score 9 points. They scored 3 points. But at that celebration, I was like, guys, you're down multiple touchdowns. There's really no time left. You're not going to win this game. This offense has done literally nothing to instill any confidence in fans. I can't imagine how little confidence anyone on the defense has in these players and this play calling and this system right now. So why are you guys out there dancing for it? Like, again, like if they're just celebrating on the field, like after they made the play, I don't, I don't get running into the end zone and doing that. It just seemed, it just rubbed me the wrong way. I'm like, guys, come on. Like, I love when you're celebrating. I love the choreographed dances. I love all the nonsense and the swagger that comes with winning. But you guys are getting the crap beat out of you. And again, it's not your guy's fault. It's on the offense. But have some self-awareness of what the team's going through right now. The city's turning against them. They're turning against them by the minute during that game. 
Everyone was ratting on them. Everyone's on top of them after the Patriots game. And that kind of just, I'm like, guys, come on. Come on, you're better than that. A lot of you guys have Super Bowl rings. You've been there before. And you could like, okay, boomer on me on this. I'm 25 years old. I'm not a boomer. I love the celebrations. I love cockiness. I love the swagger. That's what I love about the 2017 Eagles. More so than any Philadelphia team I've ever watched in my entire life. They had swagger that was unmatched. Especially defensively. Especially that pass catcher group. Those wide receivers. Those guys knew they were better than everyone. And they showed you it. You deserve to get embarrassed when you played those guys. You deserve to get embarrassed when you line up across from Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz. In 2017, not 2019. But I was just like, guys, come on. Come on. Didn't need to do that. It just rubbed me the wrong way. And I'm sure I've seen other fans talk about it on Twitter. It's just weird. It's just, it was just weird. I don't know. Am I already an old man? Again, I'm 25 years old. I feel bad. I feel like an old man for saying this. But it just, just rubbed me the wrong way. I was pissed off. Like, I'm sitting in a stadium shivering. I'm thinking, guys, there's no way you win this game. Why are you doing this? And then, obviously, the Eagles turned it over momentarily. And I walked out of the stadium and walked all the way home. Nothing worse. Again, a little blessed. I live in South Philly. I live about like a 35-minute walk from the stadium, which is great. A lot of people don't have that convenience. I love it. It's probably one of the reasons I'm able to attend so many Eagles and Sixers games and Phillies games over my life. I was just like, that walk home after a game like that, that's, that's a death sentence. That's like the ultimate Ultimate hell as an Eagles fan. The worst walk home I ever had from the game. I don't know if I told this on the podcast this year, but it was 2016. The Eagles were playing on Monday Night Football, home against the Packers. And this is like, if they, the only way they have playoff hope is they went out. It's one of those scenarios and Eagles lost. So they were completely out of the playoff race. Uh, I was living a little further than I am now in South Philly. So I did like a 45-minute walk by myself at like 11 o'clock at night, 11.30. Went to CVS. Bought a pint of Cinnabon or Cinnamon Bun, whatever you want to say, Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I was living at home at the time. So I went to my parents' house, sat down in my kitchen, ate the entire pint of ice cream, and then went to bed. Like that's that was the saddest walk home I've ever had after an Eagles game. But yesterday was, was up there. That was pretty close. I went home and ordered a milkshake. Like the Eagles lose, I need to have like sweet, sweet potato fries, Florida style inside out, mint chocolate chip milkshake. I just need it all. I gorge. I gorge. Eat the pain away. But enough about Sunday. It's behind us. Eagles are somehow still five and six. They've seemed like the worst team in the history of the NFL, but they are only just five and six. They are just a game back. Somehow, we are in the worst division in football. The Eagles are in the worst division in the National Football League. There's a two-team race. The Cowboys, who their offense looked just as poor as the Eagles did yesterday, and is just as bad as they did against New England when Dallas played the Patriots yesterday. And really, if the Eagles win out, they are in control. I don't, I don't really like the phrase control of your own destiny. But just for simplicity's sake, the Eagles are in control of their own destiny. If the Eagles win out, they have five games left. They win the division. Simple stakes. Well, the stakes aren't simple, but like just simple process. You win your five games. You win the division. You beat Dallas in week 16. You take care of these other four games. You win the division. Now, it seems impossible to fathom this Eagles team winning five games in a row. But just, I hate the way they're dragging me back in. Like, part of me wishes I could just check out. Part of me wishes there was a team that was like eight and two in the division right now, or ten and one, or whatever, and I could just sit back and say, "Hey, this wasn't the Eagles' year. Let me just detox. Let me just take a step back from football and not just engross myself in it in this most disgusting, mutilating, terrifying way that consumes my life." Maybe I could just hop on the brakes a little bit. But no, they're still in it. They're still prolonging this eventual disappointment in my head because next week still matters and they're probably going to beat the Dolphins and I think they're probably going to win a little bit handily 
Doug Peterson's teams, despite all the up and downs and the mediocrity of the past two seasons, when their back has been against the wall, they've shown up for Doug. They've played for Doug. And playing against it, when you're in this kind of funk, the best thing from going against Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll, going against the Miami Dolphins, is pretty cure, great cure-all for all the Eagles' problems right now. So I think they take care of business. I think they take care of business. So that puts them at 6-6. Six and six. Let's go through it. Let's just go through it right now. Let the pod doing this. So go to Miami, take care of business. Let's say they win 27-13. Say 27-21 even. Say Fitzmagic goes off a little bit. 27-13, 27-20, A handy win. Come back. Come back home for Monday Night Football against New York Giants. Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes. Eagles play New York well, especially at home. They never lose at home against the Giants, especially in these primetime scenarios. The Eagles take care of business that game. I say they win. Give it a 34-20, 34-17 win. I think that's a commanding, commanding win. That puts them at what? Seven and six. So they're hanging tough. The next week they go down to Washington. And that would be uh, Sunday, December 15th. Uh, just a little uh, a plug. Bleeding Green Nation Radio is hosting a watch party at Pistola del Sur at Broad and Pass Shunk in South Philly. We're doing a little watch party for that game. Uh, we're going to see more information about that on the website this week. But again, December 15th, way game at Washington, Pistola del Sur, Broad and Pass Shunk. You'll see me. You'll see Brandon. See some other guys there. Good time. So again, the Washington's probably the worst team in the NFL right now. Them, Cincinnati, whatever, up there with the Dolphins. So the Eagles are playing two of the worst teams in the NFL twice in this stretch right now. So they beat Washington. Let's say they go down there and they do a little bit worse. Just say they win 27-20, which is, I think, being conservative. They're a really terrible football team. So that puts them at 8-6. Eight 8-6. and six. Eight and six. Like if you imagined at the end of the year, they went, you just told the Eagles, you just told Eagles fans that at the end of the year, they beat 8-6. and six. And they just need to let win the last two games to make the playoffs win the division. You'd be like, I'll take that every time. But this season has been infuriating to get there. It's been hair pulling. It's been a disaster in a lot of ways. But at the same time, they're probably going to be eight and six going into that Dallas game. I don't believe it. They're going to be eight and six. They're really going to be eight and six with a chance to win the division. And then Dak Prescott and company is going to come here and it's going to be the most. That game is going to be like shoving toothpicks Underneath your fingernails watching it. I'm, I don't even know how I'm going to handle it watching in the stands. I guess a lot of beer is going to help me handle it. But, oh, man, that's going to be a nerve wracker. That's that's. I talk about my Mount Rushmore of worst games I've ever seen in person. That's up there with, you know, the 2013 Eagles-Saints playoff game. That's probably the worst. Uh, the Seattle game from 2014, that was terrible. Russell Wilson just was scrambling like crazy, making Vinny Curry look like a fool. I wake up in a... Cold sweat sometimes at night thinking about that game and Russell's performance. So they go eight and six into that game against Dallas. Now, do I have any confidence they can beat Dallas right now? No. But if the Eagles are eight and six, I guarantee you this right now. If the Eagles are eight and six going into that game, I will be the most hyped person in the entire world on the podcast that week. I will bring on some old guy. I might bring on my dad and talk about what it's like growing up in Philly with, uh, you know, my dad was born in 1969. He's 50 years old. So he grew up in the 70s through the 90s, and saw all those bandwagon Cowboys fans in the, in the area. I'm going to have bring him. If the Eagles are 8-6, I'm bringing him on. We're talking about how much we hate the Cowboys. We're hyping each other up. And then we're going to start believing that the Eagles are going to win that game. They're going to win in New York in Week 17, and they're going to go on a playoff run. They're going to be 8-6. and six. They're going to go in that game. And I'm going to convince myself that they're going to win that game and win the division. And then when they're in a the playoff, who the hell knows? I'm going to convince myself they're going to win the whole thing. It's crazy. Like right now, I couldn't be more 
disheartened and upset and embarrassed by the Eagles. But realistically, they're going to be 8-6 and six next month. Now I'm going to be flipped over. I'm going to do a 180 and be ready for them to win the division. It's crazy. This is what the team does to you. They just pull your hair around up. They pull your hair up, but not out. They pull your hair up, but not out. Oh, this team. Is any team in professional sports like this? Do you, are no other fan bases like this? Is it such like a Herculean task to follow other teams the way it is the Eagles? I'm a Sixers fan, so maybe a little bit for that. But outside of Philadelphia, I can't believe anything's like this. It's the most magical and terrible and great and horrific thing in the world to be a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Again, be back next week after a big win over the Dolphins. And I'll be right back, ready to convince myself that Carson Wentz, who played, again, the worst game of his career, will be ready to lead the Eagles to a playoff game. What else would you expect from me besides being completely all over the place as I am as a normal person and as I specifically am about my feelings about the Philadelphia Eagles and my Eagles fandom overall? Again. Seamus Clancy. You can follow me at Twitter at Seamus underscore Clancy. You can check out my subscription newsletter. Just $2 per month. You get about 20 newsletters per month. Deliver to your mailbox Monday through Friday, your email newsletter in your email inbox. Monday through Friday, around like 9.30, 10 o'clock, I send it out. Write a little bit. No, I run a little bit in the morning before work. Send it out. Get some info on the birds, the Sixers, what's going on in Philadelphia, some pop culture stuff, some local music scene. Check it out. Just two bucks. Just try one month. Try If you like this podcast, if you enjoyed any of the podcasts I've done, just check it out for one month. Two bucks. And I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Again, Seamus Clancy from the Bleachers signing off from the fantastic Bleeding Green Nation Radio Network. Go Birds. Wow.